Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have with me Matt Tate, who's the managing director of Somerset Cloud. Matt, welcome. Hi, Mike. Thanks again for having me. You've been on the podcast before, so you were here. Yeah. You're one of the original podcast uh, guests. You were uh, here episode 11, I think, with Platt. I think that sounds right. It's been roughly 100 episodes since you were last here, which means 100 weeks. Why don't we start with just a super, <laughs> this could be a whole episode by itself. Let's not do that. What's the super quick story of Platt since last we met? And then we'll jump over to Somerset Cloud. Oh, yeah. So a lot has happened. Platt was our company, which was a quick pivot off. And just long story short, that was our um, startup that didn't work out the way that we thought it would. As you know, happens with tech companies and tech startups. But shortly after everything happened and closed out with Platt, I was approached by Somerset CPAs to effectively come in and be an entrepreneur in residence and to help them understand their marketplace and where technology and new tech companies could start. And that's where we kind of came up with Somerset Cloud. And man, we've had a fun year. Now, in my mind, I associate Somerset and your relationship with them with your time at Platt, because I know they were an early beta customer for some of the stuff you were doing with Platt. Is that true? Or did you have a strong relationship there before you even started Platt? So I've known the guys at Somerset for years, and they were uh, one of our beta customers with Platt, but they were also investors. So they had a couple of their principals were um, really strong friends and investors in Platt. So they knew everything and the timing that happened. And last year, everything worked out great. And Two of the three co-founders of Platt, we went over to Somerset to start these new tech companies. Got it. So what is Somerset Cloud? Why don't you start off with a quick pitch? You know, it's pretty cool. We are a tech company that just happens to do back office support and day-to-day accounting for small businesses. It's really fun for us to work outside of the tech company mentality with other tech companies And just learning from what we did as a company at Platt and applying that through other marketplaces. So we use QuickBooks Online and we help companies do their bookkeeping, their accounts payable, and their invoicing, their payroll. It's just amazing to me, A, how much companies hate doing those things, and B, how well you can do it for them uh, when they have the right mentality. When you say tech company mentality, what do you mean? You know, tech companies are really focused on what their core competencies are. They really just want to build their products, sell their product, and operate and help their customers. So what we do is let them do that, kind of a lot like a PEO would for HR and for benefits. We do that for bookkeeping. And I mean, to be frank, most entrepreneurs like me, we're terrible at bookkeeping. And that's part of the reason why we hate it, but it allows us to do this for them And what we really learned in our space was when you give people a fixed monthly fee and you kind of accept the burden of risk with them, you get some great customers. And you can push that out beyond tech companies to professional services or e-commerce or, you know, nonprofits, companies that really do look at how do I streamline myself? How do I save costs? But then how do I focus on what's important for my business? So... 
if I, let's pick a startup competitors as a potential client. So if I reach out to you at startup competitors and say, uh, we're interested in working with Somerset Cloud, walk me through how that works. What, what happens? What's my experience? So my first question for you is, do you have an accounting software? It's crazy how many businesses don't have a yes to that one. We use QuickBooks. That's great. So that's really helpful for us. The second question I ask people is, I just want to learn about your business. So I would say, tell me about startup competitors. Tell me about how you make money, how many employees you have, what you're doing today. I just want to learn about you. The best way to help you is to know you. Okay. So once you tell me that, one of the first questions I'll ask through that process is, it's a really easy start. It's, are you still writing checks in your business today? And most people say yes. Yeah, probably. But then I ask this question. Are you writing them in your personal life? Because I don't know about you. If you asked me to write you a check today, I'd have to call my wife and ask her where the checkbook is. Yeah, I think the only thing I write physical checks for are investment checks where you need a a photo of the check as proof for the BCI tax credit or something like that. that You know, but you can also take care of that with technology too. Yeah, you can wire transfer. But we use Bill.com right now, but we use any number of softwares to help businesses eliminate data entry. That's a lot of what we're trying to cut out is the manual data entry aspect of paying bills, of writing checks. I don't like paper. And I think a lot of businesses are starting to cut that out. So as we understand the process, we put you on this fully integrated tech stack so that all you have to do when it comes to this side of your business is take a picture and look at the results at the end of the month. What's the economic denominator when it comes to scale in terms of how you determine pricing for those companies? If it's a flick, if it's a fixed kind of monthly fee, how does that work? That comes from two factors. One is the complexity of the business, and a lot of that is driven by how many employees. And the other is just amount of volume that goes into the work. Um, We look at how many technologies if you – so Bill.com is a great example in automating the AP process, but there's also expenses. Do you have salespeople that you're reimbursing expenses for? Do you have a PEO that's doing your payroll? Are you super tiny and just have a payroll company? All of those things, we're looking at the complexity of what we put in, but then we're really just looking at how big are you? You know, if you are a tiny business and it doesn't take us much time, you still need the help. In fact, that help is probably more valuable because you need the time. That cost can be a couple hundred bucks a month. If you're bigger, like a seven, eight million dollar professional services firm, that has a tendency to create more work for people. So that may be a couple of thousand dollars a month. It just depends on your size and the complexity of the work, which is why we learn about your business. Because I look at my clients and I say, look, I'm going to make money off of you. That's my goal as a business. But I'm probably also going to lose money off of you a couple of months every year. Stuff happens. But I'm okay accepting that risk and I'm okay working with you as a partner. And that's why we spend the time on the front end. Walk me through a, a timeline, roughly when you guys decided to, to try to launch this idea, early beta customers, kind of all the way through to today. I'd love to know kind of what, what that's looked like, maybe what you learned along the way. So we started at Somerset and launched, well, we didn't launch. We started at Somerset in February and March. And we spent a couple of months just looking at the accounting world and what the marketplace was telling us. Where were the uh, new businesses that were growing? Where were the new product types? 
what could we affect and do? And cloud accounting became a very clear winner quickly for us. And there's also a really good company here in town that that does this pretty well. And I know we've both been either customers or looked at them in the past. And we looked at what they were doing and we thought that there was a next generation and a better way to do it. And the other thing that stood out with cloud accounting is it's a lot of times accountants that are learning technology. But for us, we learned that the technology is the more important part. And in this small area, accounting is the commodity. So we built through the summer. We launched a couple of customers in, let's see, June and July. We launched one and two. One was a really large business that were effectively put in a tech stack and help support them. They do their own accounting. But we make sure their tech's always working, that their bill.com, their payroll, their timekeeping, um, they use four different technology products. We make sure that they all integrate together. And that has saved them within the first week. It saved them $2,000 a week and it saved them 15 hours a week. And that's uh, $2,000 with licensing costs? That was people costs. They were able to redeploy oh, people wow. to, they were able to let go of a part-timer that wasn't doing a very good job. And they were able to redeploy people to doing more value creation. So they had some problems when it came to collecting revenue, but they didn't have the time and people to do it. They were inputting bills too often. So we were able to redeploy the data entry on the accounts payable side and shift that into uh, basically revenue collection on uh, the collection side of the business. Nice. And then we really fully launched in August. And it's been a really fast and really cool process for us. We thought we'd maybe have seven or eight customers uh, by the end of the year. And we're, I think, three times that right now. So uh, my team is very happy that it's the holidays. Very not happy. They'll probably have to work more than they thought. But we launched a lot of the, we call it full suite, full stack bookkeeping, uh, where we really do do a lot of the work. And it's been a fun process. And you see immediate results, which is also, uh, I think it's pretty special in this space. Yeah. So you, in that, you, you kind of hit current status. So I'm going to skip over that. And you alluded to kind of local competition. When you think of competitors in this space or what comes to mind? You know, there is the one that I look at the most is a cloud accounting firm down in Atlanta. And they're called Aprio. They were bought and now they're Aprio. And these guys are the... I would say the clear winner in the space right now. They've just done a fantastic job of trying to create the monthly fixed fee, make it a technology first versus accounting first. And by the way, that doesn't mean that anybody's not focused on your accounting. It just means that once you have the technology right, everything else is easier. Yeah. And a lot of times when accountants look at this, they'll get frustrated with the technology and then move it back over to spreadsheets, which... I tell people in business, every problem you create is a snowball at the top of a mountain. And if you kick that snowball right at the beginning, it's pretty small. If you wait till the bottom, it'll roll you over. Problems just get bigger and companies reach flex points. So Aprio Cloud is is my favorite company in the space. M Accounting locally has done a really good job with this, but they sold. They sold to a tech company and those are about the big ones that I kind of think of. This space has a lot of room to grow. It has a tendency to be a lot of small firms. And that's the really cool part about being a part of a top 100 accounting firm in the country is we've got a lot of clients who are entrepreneurial, 
who are okay with focusing on their core competencies and really like the idea of trying to outsource their other parts of the business. When you think of differentiating against those competitors, then whether it's is it Aprio, am I saying that right? Yep. Aprio down in Atlanta or I'm accounting here locally or whoever, right? If, I mean, there's tons of accounting firms. So I, I guess you're also competing against them, right? Traditional accounting firm, right? Status quo. So how do you and the team think about making that pitch? What makes you unique, special? Why would I choose you over them? Oh, that's a really good question. And to me, it's an easy answer. One is we have a team that are technology first entrepreneurs, which means we've been in the business and we actually know what it's like to be business people. So we know what it's like when you do this wrong. We know what it's like when you do this right. And that technology first mentality is a huge differentiator with the M accountings, with the accounting firms out there. Because when your accountant asks you to fax something, my question is, what's a fax machine? (laughs) The second thing is billable hours. If you're not able to work with somebody that that can give you a fixed fee and not lose a bunch of money the entire time, that's somebody you should work with. Billable hours, as somebody that's paid quite a bit of them over the years, I hate them. And we don't believe in them. My team doesn't have billable hour rates. We want to give you a fixed fee, and it's our problem if we quoted it wrong. And that's the other big differentiator is that aspect of things. So technology first and fixed fee, monthly recurring pricing. I think I heard in there 25-ish customers today. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's like 22, actually. Okay. How many of those have you misquoted? Three. Oh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good stats. So you're doing well. So then how do you fix those over time? Do you just data? That's the other part. Accounting firms have so much data that's running through them and they just don't use it very much. They don't think of it the way that we do when it's how do we optimize this? How do we use data and technology to make things better? And we are constantly analyzing the amount of effort, the inherent software costs, the time that's spent, the automation opportunities, ways that we can continually regrasp margin, we will also lower the price for our clients if we overquote them. Have you done that? I did. We both overquoted and we've lowered the price. We look at things quarterly to right size every deal. Hey, if a business is growing, if you're a fast growing tech company, guess what? I'm probably going to ask you for a little more money as you grow. But you're okay with that because you understand that the requisite effort is increased. Do you think you'll ever be able to get to a point where you can just index that to some leading set of leading indicators in the business, whether that's employees, revenue, what I don't know what it would to be, me, right? But that's actually what the entire space is looking at. The really good, and there are tech companies out there. Google has invested in one. Uh, Stripe has invested in another that are doing AI-driven bookkeeping. Now, the reality is all of those are outsourced, offshored people with really great workflow systems. So don't get lost in the fact that they're not really AI. But we also understand that artificial intelligence is like children. You have to train and help them grow. They are looking at what are those leading indicators. Is it the amount of transactions a business has? Is it the size of their AP every month? Is it their revenue point? So to be honest with you, I don't know. But it's what all of us are kind of searching for and It's where there's kind of a cool little group of people in the area that are tech forward that are trying to figure it out together. And Intuit's trying to help it too. 
So it's been fun to work with them. And that's also been kind of the interesting thing. I mentioned Aprio. I love those guys. But they definitely picked zero as what they thought eight years ago was going to be the fastest growing accounting system for small businesses. So nobody's perfect, but they're getting it right now. They're getting it right now because zero is finally getting traction or because they're pivoting to QuickBooks. Because they're pivoting to QuickBooks. <laughs> That's what I thought. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think zero was getting traction. There are people that use it and it's got a great international presence, but in the United States, QuickBooks and it's QuickBooks online. That's something that I think when we look at the tech space coming out of being a tech entrepreneur, QuickBooks online was a no brainer. But it's not what a lot of people think of when they think of QuickBooks, particularly out of the tech startup marketplace. Yeah. And that's also what's been fun for us is getting into the non-technical marketplaces because QuickBooks desktop is in the process of being phased out. It's also less secure. That's also where we're able to kind of pop in and, and help understand what cloud security is. When you look at the market overall, what trends do you think you're writing? And maybe what what are some trends that are happening right now that you might be missing out on? Trend that we are writing is the cloud is here. And there are marketplaces that are just catching up to that fact. And what I mean by that is you'd be shocked at how many marketplaces still you'll sit through a seminar and they're talking about how the cloud is coming. Well, the cloud is here as you and I both know. And so we're riding that trend as it seeps into the more traditional markets, the more traditional companies that really don't look at things from a technology first perspective. So like a manufacturing firm. Manufacturing, or- construction. By the way, those are also two types of companies that we will not work with, but we get to help advise them on the cloud. Why won't you work with them? There's a lot more complexity with their accounting. When it comes to uh, depreciation of assets with manufacturing, job costing, with construction that don't fit into our streamlined approach that is similar with uh, tech companies, nonprofits, professional services, we will get into those. And my guess is probably 2021. But for the time being, we're focused on those four markets that I mentioned. What are we missing out on? I wish we could grow faster. I think that the opportunity in this space the desire for people of our generation to focus on their core competencies is really, really high. And I think that that market is just growing astronomically by the day. Why hampers growth? I think money. You know, right now we're still, we're scaling, but we're at that early scale phase where you're also making sure that you're putting the foundational aspects in place to grow well. We could grow and we could grow faster, but we want to make sure that we're growing well. By this summer, we'll have achieved that aspect of the business. So we'll be able to just add as much gas as we want. But it takes time to build anything. You know, if you try to build too quickly, then you a lot of times don't have the foundational aspects under the business to make it grow well. And so I'm I'm a tech entrepreneur. I want to go fast 100% of the time. I also come from the sales side of the business. So I really want to grow as fast as humanly possible. But I don't think it's a problem for us. I think we're doing everything very methodically and very correctly. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. 
Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. If I think of part of the relationship with my accounting team in some of the larger businesses, not, not in startup competitors, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a little bit of a push and pull in there in terms of professional expertise and them pushing back maybe on what we're calling cost of goods sold versus what we're not. Maybe them having some ideas for capital that uh, we hadn't thought about in the past. How does that work in in this world? If I'm if I'm outsourcing everything and it looks and feels like software and there's not a relationship there that you know somebody I'm talking to on a regular basis, how do I get that feedback? So that's I think where the misconception comes in with cloud accounting firms. For us in particular, we talk to our clients on the phone at least weekly. It may be a 10 to 15 minute, just check in. I've got a couple of questions, but we make sure that that personal relationship aspect is not only involved, but is the core, most important thing for us. In addition to making sure that you can always have cash in the bank and pay your bills, because I think that that is where you get the extra stuff. And to me, extra stuff is not just the advice, but it's, hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? I noticed that you lost two employees this month. Uh, anything we can do? That type of relationship is important. And to me, the misconception is, is that the addition of technology to services degrades the service relationship. And I think it's the opposite. I think when you add technology appropriately, it takes the hard parts, the lower end aspects of relationship and allows you to focus on the higher end. The here's some advice. Here's where we think you ought to adapt this out of cost of goods and into something else. Or, you know, if you added this to your business, you'd actually get this. Or, hey, we've seen bank loans coming from this area. Or we've seen investor groups from this area. Um, all of those advising aspects, you can spend a lot more time doing that when it's not, hey, Mike, did you get me your expense report? So I can enter it in. Did you do this? That's what I want to automate with technology rather than the relationship aspect. Nice. Do you feel like you have product market fit now? I do. What makes you think that? What are the outward signs that make you and the team feel like, yeah, we're nailing it. This thing's ready to scale. The product market fit for me is first starts on the demand side. Is it? A product that people are buying? Is it a product that you are having people seek out you to buy? And up till now, the really great part, the thing that excited me most about joining Somerset was I joined an organization that not only my wife liked because it had benefits and a fixed salary, so it was way different than the startups in the past, but they had a huge captive audience of clients. And that's where a lot of our clients have come from or came from, I would say, from August, September and early October. Since that time, 
we've had a lot of new businesses. We've sought out our own leads and we've even started some marketing campaigns that are driving leads to us. That's what tells me there's product market fit. The other aspect is we've had to shut down sales for the last three weeks. Don't tell my investors that, but we have, uh, we've reached a point where we just need to onboard more people. We're hiring um, because we need the capacity to grow and grow in the way that allows the relationship aspect to continue and not just the software data aspect. When you're hiring, what are the types of roles that you're hiring for? Right now, I'm primarily hiring, I would call it a customer service person, a cloud accountant, somebody that can do the high level work of looking at your accounting, looking at your technology, making sure it's integrated together, but most importantly, checking in on you. So they are client facing. I have a lot of the behind the scenes. Every client that we have actually is a team of people, somebody that makes sure the data gets to where it's going, somebody that makes sure the technology is working together, and somebody that makes sure you're doing okay. I'm hiring right now the people that are making sure you're doing okay. Nice. Is that the hardest role to hire for? I think it is. Out of those? If you've ever spent time with accountants. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) I love them. This thing's on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I still get sweats occasionally walking into Somerset thinking about how much that used to cost me back in the day. But... Finding people that are good at accounting that also have great personalities and are good with technology, that's what we're looking for. And that's not as easy as you'd think. I'm going to leave that one there. (laughs) So if I gave you half a million dollars to spend right now, how much of that do you think you would spend on sales and marketing versus product or something else? 350 would go towards sales and marketing. What would you spend it on? In sales and marketing? You know, we launched a really cool email campaign just a couple of weeks ago that it's a company out of uh, Durham, North Carolina, and they send one-on-one emails to businesses. And we just launched it, and the early returns have been great. What's the company? It's called RevBoss. RevBoss, okay. Um, And there are a couple of Indianapolis tech companies um, that we got the recommendation from. So they they kicked off just a couple of weeks ago. The early returns have been fantastic. To me, I think that a lot of the outsourcing, a lot of the cloud accounting game is about how well do you fill your funnel? And I would be exploring new ways to fill that funnel. And for me, the top three ways that we will have and are setting up currently to launch first week of 2020, one, continue marketing and email marketing. Things that traditional accounting firms and smaller businesses in this space don't do. Two is establish the referral relationships within our accounting firm itself, within Somerset. And it's educating the 250 employees that we have. But I think what's really important is establishing partnerships with like-minded businesses that are in this space that are doing things to help companies that we see as potential targets for us, whether that be a PEO, whether that be a IT outsourcing, or any business that's kind of tangentially in the same spot. Because my dream, if you ask me what I think five years from now will look like, would be to have the type of company that anybody starting a business or running a small company could just say, look, I want to operate and I want to sell. I want to give you everything else. 
and trust that you're keeping up on the latest technologies, the latest trends, and you'll make it so that my employees get paid, I have the data I want, and I'm always secure in the technology I'm using. Hmm. The other 150000 what would that go to? Hiring. I'd hire more. Oh, that's for your team. Yep. Nice. Okay. So I would immediately start hiring, and I'd hire on the data side, and I'd hire on the customer service side. I think 21, we start hiring more on the tech side and build a little bit more of the kind of sugar that'll make us special. For right now, we're just using a lot of -of out-of-the-box stuff. What's the biggest difference you've seen when you step back and contrast your experience with Foodie and Platt, where those were, if there is such thing as a standard entrepreneurial venture, those were more traditional entrepreneurial ventures versus what you're doing inside of Somerset, where you're more of an entrepreneur. You've got framework, culture, bureaucracy. You've got a bunch of stuff around you, right, already that isn't necessarily what you, you don't always get to dictate those things. So when you, when you step back and you look at building and launching a business, you know, originally on your own versus now what you're doing inside of Somerset Cloud, what are, what are some of the most immediate things that uh, hit you, either good or bad? I think there are pros and cons to each way of doing it. I think that there's a certain, and there's some things that have both aspects. When you are an entrepreneur in the tech startup space, you are dealing with a lot of your money and a lot of other people's money. So it's like Julius Caesar. You burn the boats at the shores of Britain and you make sure that everybody knows there's no going back. So you're moving as fast as you can. When You join an organization like Somerset, you've got a little bit more security that goes around with that. But you also have the responsibility of doing that wisely and making sure that you are generating returns. So that's kind of the double-edged sword of it. You know, it's easy to create your own culture, but it's also easy to work within one. For us, working within a large organization is just about finding your place. We get to stand on our own two feet, but we're also really different than a lot of the people that would traditionally join a large accounting firm. But it's been really cool to see the entrepreneurial spirit that you bring out in that type of an organization when they start to see the success, when they start to feel their customers are enjoying doing something and seeing the value of it immediately. It's there. The other thing that I really like in this that's been, I think, a lot of fun for us In the tech startup space, you have to build something that you then have to sell. What we're doing, we're just selling what other people have built and packaging it appropriately for people. So it allowed us to start really focusing on the marketplace immediately and really looking at not how to copy, how to improve upon what other people have been doing. Hmm. When you play the long game, do you envision building your own custom technology at some point in this business? Most definitely. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I think in broad strokes, one aspect that we will and are already starting to put together is our own internal workflow automations. Our workflow system, that that's effectively what the AI bookkeeping companies have done. They have nailed a really fantastic workflow management system that they then outsource to other countries. We will build the same for ourselves. As we get more into the process, we're adding little bits of that every day. And we'll end up popping out of the 
current systems that provide our core functionality and just building our own. So that's going to be one. The other thing that I think that we will continue to build upon and add to is each one of these areas, whether it's your AP, your corporate expenses, your payroll or PEO, or your accounting software. Those are the major cores, but there are a lot of processes and a lot of other things that go with that that I think we'll probably dive into building some of our own stuff that we either offer both to our clients or to the marketplace in general. Do you see QuickBooks ever becoming a competitor to you in this space? Do you think they'll ever offer that professional services component on top of what they do today? Yeah, do, do. do they do that already? I don't think they do. So They're starting to do it with capital and they're starting to do it. Like they're starting to add more stuff like that, but they don't have a cloud accounting. Well, it's yet, funny you they? bring that up because just this summer, everybody got freaked out because they QuickBooks had a very small segment where they started offering uh, your own virtual bookkeeper and accountant. They did. Okay. They did. All right. And they've tap danced into it, but they also have this huge network of their own QuickBooks approved accountants and bookkeepers. So, yes, I think they'll get into it. Quite frankly, I'd love it if they bought me. I think that what they'll do and what other companies in the space will do is start acquiring accounting firms, cloud accounting practices, because I do think that they will start adding the service aspect to it. Once somebody figures out how to scale it appropriately, which I think that we will be at next year, I think you'll start to look at these tech companies starting to buy the accounting firms. You're already seeing it on the smaller, newer guys spitting out of like Y Combinator. But I think you'll see the bigger ones doing it as well. Nice. If somebody wants to get a hold of you directly or if they want to learn more about Somerset Cloud, how do they get a hold of you? Email or phone. Email me at matt at, at somersetcloud.com or give me a call at 317-590-5070. Matt, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to seeing what's next out of you and the team. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, Mike. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.